Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see everybody this morning. I hope that y'all had a great weekend. And it, it's a for some of us, it's just a normal week coming up. Some have already started school, and there's a lot of Cleveland County starts this week. So it's a busy week. And to start that off, we have our Back to School Bash, which is if you are newer here or visiting, welcome. If you are visiting, it's great to have you. Um, that is something this year that so people in the community have received that are um, just very in need and need a lot of help at back to school time have received cards in the mail and they have called in and given all their information and to what school supplies they need or what children are at different schools. So our church has been working on getting their school supply list from the schools and packing their bags. So today our church has the opportunity to serve these families. So we have over 20 families with a lot of students, a lot of kids coming out to the gym today to pick up their book bag. The first thing they do is they get to hear the gospel. They get to um, maybe receive their first Bible if they don't have one, hear the gospel, and then they go in and get their book bag and have a treat with our church. So if you can help serve in that capacity by meeting families, helping with the bags, um, and different things like that, please be here by 2 o'clock. If you're able to help, that would be wonderful. And that's going to be out at the gym today. And after that, at 6 o'clock, we have our prayer walk. I really encourage y'all to come out. At 6 o'clock, we're going to be meeting at number 3 elementary at Township 3. And then after that prayer walk, we're going to be coming back to the New Hope Preschool to pray over Miss Susan and Miss Kristen and that whole school for this year. So please come out and join us. If you always come on Sunday, please continue to come. And if you don't normally come out and pray with us, let's overwhelm number 3 campus and have enough people to spread out around the whole campus and pray over that school and everything that's about to go on this year and their families and in those lives. So let's go to the Lord and pray before we worship. Our Father, we adore you. King of kings, the Lord of all lords, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you for the time that we have on this earth. Sometimes we feel like it's very short and it moves quickly and, and some people are very blessed to live on earth for a long time, but Lord, every day without you is it's hard to imagine when we have you, Lord, when we have your spirit in us. So I just, I thank you for our time and I pray that we use it wisely. I thank you for everyone that's here, God. I praise your name for every soul in this church that has chosen to, to leave their comfort, leave their home or whatever their busy schedules are and to make time to worship in community. We know it's so important, God, for us to, to pray and to study and to seek your spirit and to seek you in every decision we make. But it's also so important for us to come together as believers, to encourage each other, to worship together, to pray with open arms and raised hands and to, to be there and to learn more of your scripture from Pastor Russ and we just thank you so much for this ability to do this. We love you and we give you this hour and we pray that it brings you joy because you are joy. You are love and every good thing is from you. I thank you so much for this church, for New Hope Baptist, for each member and all that they do for the people around here and things that we don't even know that they're doing, Lord. But I just pray your spirit moves them in powerful ways that they they listen to your callings and convictions and that we continue all to go in your path together. We love you so much, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. 
glad that you're here. hope you've had a good day already in the house of the Lord in worship already in your small group time this morning because, uh, you know, this is a busy time of year, isn't it? As schools are starting back, uh, some last week, some this week, uh, you know, college students are reporting to, to school and getting checked in. Uh, we had the, the American uh, Legion World Series started last week. Uh, we got the World Series will be going on in a couple of months. The back to school bash today, the prayer walks today. Um, football season is about to kick off. You got the practices and the scrimmages, jamborees, regular season fixing to st- fixing to kick off. It's just around the corner, and so it's a busy time, isn't it? 
It's a busy time for everybody. We begin to close out uh, the, the summer season and begins picking up uh, the fall and the winter season and, and uh, just opening up a new chapter in, uh, in a lot of people's lives. So, As I mentioned, the football and the baseball and all that, you all know that, that, that I love sports. My, most of my family loves sports. <clears throat> my daddy's brother... My daddy's brother, Donnie, he loves sports too, and, and he played high school baseball, played college football, and he is, he is coaching a, uh, the Vienna Bulldogs uh, this, this summer. Um, he's been coaching uh, like American Babe Ruth League uh, for, for decades probably, um, but it's a summer, it's a summer uh, baseball league where the high school kids come and play. But when, when Donnie was in high school, he played with a, with, with a fellow who is now the senior assistant defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. And several weeks ago, uh, he, Donnie got a, he and the, the Bulldogs, the Vienna Bulldogs, got a letter from Coach Duffner and about 20 of the Cincinnati Bengals, which is you know, it's pretty cool, and they wrote a note just telling them that they had been following their, their, their baseball season through the summer and, and just wanted to encourage them in their, in their season. And so the Bengals wanted to, to share some thoughts and concepts with them that, that they could put into place to, as they progressed in their season. Listen to their words of advice. You might want to write these down. If you want to, we're going to be unpacking each of these uh, throughout the day. But number one, he says, practice hard. Practice hard and practice to win. Do the little things right. Number two, do the extra conditioning, fundamentals, and stretching. Do them right and, and do the extra. Don't just do enough. Be committed and invest in your team. Attitudes win. Be positive and have fun. Compete to win. Finish, finish, finish. Finish the game, finish the inning, whatever it might be. Be a team first guy. Be unselfish and, and do whatever it takes. So put the team first. And then care about your teammates to the point where that your teammates can, you can tell your teammates, you can count on me. I'll be there for you. And so Coach Duffner and, and, and these uh, components have helped the Bengals develop a, a championship team and a championship culture in which they, they thrive year after year. As we think about these particular uh, universal ideas, how they transcend different organizations, Think about this, you have a professional football team offering these tips to a high school baseball team. It sounds familiar to the culture at, at Millican when I work with them. Uh, Millican, a, a world-class textile company. So these are, are highly effective components that, that lead to the success or the betterment of, of any organization, including the church. How can each of these contribute to the church? How can it make the church better? Well, actually, all of these concepts that were shared are actually 
worldly translations of Scripture. So we're going we're gonna to link Scripture to, to each of these this morning. Number one, it says, practice hard and practice to win. Do the little things right. You've heard people say, practice makes perfect. How many of you have ever heard that before? Practice makes perfect, but that's, that's not exactly true. Because if I go out and practice something the wrong way, I'm going to perform it the wrong way. And so perfect practice makes perfect. We've got to practice doing it right all the time, making sure that we, when the time comes that we perform it right. And so what are called the little things in our faith? Our church, our prayer, our Bible study, our, our fellowship, our worship. How are you practicing your faith? How are you practicing the little things in your faith? 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Always be always rejoicing, be always praying, and always giving thanks. How are we living that out in our life? Make sure you're at the right place where you get sound doctrine. And let me assure you, you will get that sound doctrine here in this place. Don't be led astray by the false teachers you might find somewhere else or on a TV or radio or, or internet or somewhere like that. Be under sound doctrinal teaching. The quote from, from A.W. Tozer who who's in your bulletin today, says, Great saints are always dogmatic. Great saints in the faith are always dogmatic. In other words, they know what they believe and they practice what they believe. They believe it and they carry it out. They believe it and they make it a part of their life. Do we do that? We know what we believe, but do we carry it out? We know what the Bible says, but do we do what it says? Do the little things right. Number two, do the extra conditioning, fundamentals, and stretching. A successful team always goes through rigorous training. A, a successful athlete, athlete does the extra. He goes beyond what, what is expected. He stays a little bit longer in the gym, a little bit longer on the track or on the field, conditioning a little bit longer in the weight room, doing the extra to make sure he can become the very best that he can be. They stretch themselves and push themselves to get better. They get out of their comfort zones and do things that, that most people wouldn't do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, <clears throat> it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but... Only one gets the prize. And so run in such a way as to get the prize. And so if we compare ourselves or we compare our lives to a foot race, this, this passage encourages us to, as Christians to prepare and, and condition our hearts and minds to run a race worthy of God's calling that He's placed on our life. We need to identify and get rid of the sin in our life. We need to identify and get rid of the, the spiritual weights and the spiritual baggage <clears throat> that we're carrying around that slow us down in the faith. We need to develop a faith in our life that, that, that is conditioned to endure throughout the trials of life. 
so that our faith can carry us through those hard times, those difficult times when they come our way because if you're not in the middle of them right now, there's one coming your way. They're always just right around the corner, aren't they? And so have we conditioned our faith to prepare our hearts, souls, and minds, and bodies for what's coming our way? Folks, it's never too late to start working out the fundamentals of our faith, which enables us to run the race, which enables us to finish the race that God has called us to. And so do the extra. <clears throat> Be totally committed and invest in your team. What does that mean? What does that look like? The word commitment means that, that certain decisions are made ahead of time regardless of the circumstances. You all determined in your mind, determined in your heart yesterday, or maybe it was this morning, maybe it was 9 o'clock this morning that you were going to be at church today. But you determine at some point, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be there today, regardless of the circumstances. You know, outside of being deathly ill or sick or whatever, you had determined in your heart that you were coming today. You see, we, we live in a world, of, a world that discourages commitment. People want to live together, but they don't want to get married. We want to go, but we'll only go if nothing else comes up. We want to participate, but I can't sign up yet because something, might, something else might come up. Where is that commitment? Are, are we committed to doing what God calls us to do? Think about a ball player when they, you know, what, what if they occasionally showed up for practice? You know, you have some hotheads that are like that. I'm good enough. I don't need a whole lot of practice. I'm, I'm a natural athlete. I have natural ability. Well, that runs out at some point. And what if that person doesn't show up for practice? What if that person doesn't continue to get better? What if that player didn't take conditioning seriously? What if he had an, an ego to say, hey, it's all about me? Well, it would, hap it would, it would hamper the him. It would also hamper the team's performance and its ability to play at its top level. So are you committed to your faith? Are you committed to your faith or is it something you occasionally do? Are you committed to those in your church? Are times of worship and, and church events, are, are they a top priority for you? Or is it, well, if nothing, nothing else comes up, I'll be there. Where is our priority? Matthew 5 says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything else beyond this comes from the evil one. And so when we're wishy-washy, when we're sitting on the fence, God says, just tell me. Just make a commitment. Either say yes or no. We need to be all in in our faith. We need to be all in for the kingdom of God. Can you say that about your life and about your faith? Are you all in with your faith? 
be totally committed, invested in your team. He said, attitudes win. Positive attitudes win. Be positive and have fun. Be positive and have fun. Folks, I'm going to tell you, at the barn the other day, we had fun, didn't we? <laughs> We're going to have fun this afternoon. Hopefully you had fun in your small group time this morning. What is your attitude about church? Is it encouraging? Is it how can I help? How can I be there? You know, how can I assist you? Or is it negative? Do you let the little things upset you? You let the little things upset you and, and hold on to it and gripe and, and complain about it or, or are you just indifferent? What's your attitude towards missions? Are you involved? We, you can be involved today. Come at 2 o'clock and we'll get you plugged in. Are you involved in missions and ministry or had you just rather throw money at it and let someone else take care of it? What's your attitude towards the church events and, and the times of fellowship? Do you participate or do you participate begrudgingly? Do you help with them? Do, do, do you, do you all seek out ways to participate and, and help in carrying it out? Or are you just skipping and not want to be a part of the fellowship of believers? In Acts chapter 2, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles, to the apostles' teachings, and to fellowship and coming together, to breaking bread together. In Psalm 122, it says, I'm glad when they said, let us go up to the house of the Lord. They were glad. Let me ask you this morning, were you glad when it, Sunday morning was coming? Were you glad to be able to get out of bed this morning? Were you glad to come to church this morning? Were you glad to come up and worship Almighty God today? What's our attitude towards witnessing? Do we do it? Are we prepared to do it? Have we, have we practiced doing it? Are we prepared to share our, our, our testimony if it were an option to come up or, or, or opportunity to come available? Or is that just a preacher's job, the deacon's job? You see, the attitude of Christ was, was a concern for everybody. When you think about Jesus and you think about His life, He healed and He comforted. He taught. He told about the kingdom of God. He talked about heaven and hell. He talked about finances. He, he called people out. He cared for the needs of other people. In Romans 15, 5 and 6, it says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ had. So that, when one, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. If your relationship with, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Do we have the same mindset of Christ? Are we looking out for other people? We love other people the way we love ourselves. What's our attitude? Be a, have a positive attitude, looking for ways to help, having got Christ, the attitude of Christ in, in everything that we do. Coach Duffner told the team, practice to win, do the extras, be committed, have a good attitude, and then compete to win. 
Not only practice to win, but to compete to win. Finish, 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 he says. <clears throat> Run the race that, in life that God has given you. God has dealt all of us a different hand of cards, hasn't he? We all have different issues in life, different obstacles in life, but that is where God has placed us. Run the race that God has laid out before you. Don't be a flash in the religious pan where you're at church for a little while and gone the next. Be faithful to the kingdom of God. Be faithful to His people. Don't give up on your faith for you have a great reward awaiting on you at the end of the race if we finish well. Think about it. There are nine innings in a baseball game. There are four quarters in a, in a football game. Championship teams play to the end. They play to the last out. There have been countless games won and lost at the end of the game on the last pitch or as time runs out. And folks, God has called us to finish the race, to run the, the, to the, cross the finish line, to play till our time runs out. Don't give up. Don't stop. Finish the race. Persevere to the end and be faithful until our, our time runs out on, the, on this earth. Finish the race. Don't give up. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 through 8. I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul had kept the faith to the end of his life. Then he says, because of that, now there's in store for me a crown of righteousness. With the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to you. To me and to you. To all, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. <clears throat> Acts 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. But my only aim is to finish the race. Is that a goal in our heart? To finish the race of our faith for the kingdom of God? Is it our goal in life to finish the race that God put before us? Is it our goal in life to be faithful to the very end, to our very last breath? My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. To our very last breath, we are to testify the good news of Jesus. We're to finish the race. We're to be faithful to the end. In James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the one who perseveres. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. Many people say that, <clears throat> that we're living in the last days, the end of the times. In Matthew chapter 24, it's discussing the end times. It says in verse 9 through 14, then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. 
And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But here it is, verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end, look, look what he lays out there in, verse, in, in, in that chapter 24. He says there's going to be tribulation. There are going to be some of you that are killed. The nations are going to be hated. People are going to be offended or they're going to be betrayed. They're going to hate one another. False prophets are going to be everywhere. He says, but still, you must be faithful to the end. You must proclaim the good news of the gospel to the very end, to your, our very last breath. It says, for those who endure to the end will be saved. Think about being offended and persecuted and the trials and the tribulations and when things really get tough, are we willing to finish the race that God's called us to? It says, And this gospel in the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. If we stand firm in our faith, tribulation is going to come our way. We don't know much of that now, but God's Word tells us that if we are true believers and we stand up for our faith, that tribulation is coming as the end times approach. And are we going to stay, stand firm to the end? Are we going to compete to win? Are we going to finish the race? <clears throat> Number six, he says, be a, a team first guy. Be unselfish and do whatever it takes. Let me ask you this. Is, 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 are the things in your life, is it all about you? In your home, in your work, in your job, in your business, wherever it might be. Is it all about you? In your church, is it all about you? Do you gripe and complain because you don't get your way? Or are you all in for the kingdom of God? Romans 12, 3 says, <clears throat> For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. If you're thinking it's all about you, Romans, Paul tells the Romans, don't think more of yourself than you ought to. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. So be a team player. And then, number seven, and finally, care about your teammates. Be the person that says, hey, you can count on me. Be the person that says, I will be there for you. Matthew 22, verse 36 and following. Familiar passage. Teach, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love that person sitting next to you as yourself. Love that person across the sanctuary 
as yourself. Love that person in your home, in your neighborhood as yourself. Love your teammates. Love your church family. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. So practice to win. Do the extras. Be committed in your faith. Have a good attitude in your faith. Compete to win. Do whatever it takes. And love your church family. Vince Lombardi said, Teamwork in sports produces championships. Teamwork in sports produces champions. And it's, it's the individual commitment and, uh, to a group or, or to a group effort or a commitment to an organization's work. When that teamwork is, is, is won, great things can be done. Think about it. Jesus put together a, a hodgepodge of individuals, didn't He? He put together a, a crazy list of of people that became an unstoppable team when they went out to share the gospel. We are here today because of that team that Jesus put in place 2,000 years ago. And the same is true for a unified church body today. The church is the same. It's made up of, of a group of hodgepodge people. Different people from different places with different gifts, different ta talents. But we're still called individually and corporately to take the gospel to the world. And to take the gospel to the world to our very last breath. Not for a while, not for a season, but until we finish the race. Wednesday night we shared a, I shared a verse in, in Hebrews chapter 12 and we, we looked at that a little bit and I want to close this morning with a song. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Y'all said praise the Lord, right? <clears throat> it's a song called Dare to Run. But I want to read the lyrics to you, and it's based around Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Since we were surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. What we said Wednesday is there's a whole host of saints that have gone on before us. And I set the, the image of, of a coliseum or a stadium where, where all of these saints that have gone on before us are, are filling that stadium and we are on the ground, we are on the field playing out our life and, and those witnesses are just cheering us on. Stay strong, finish to the end. Don't give up, be faithful. Listen to the lyrics of this song. The assembly of the faithful surrounding, yet unseen is gathering as a witness to the race. And on the track awaiting are the runners of today. The call has come for each to take his place. The road ahead is narrow. The way is sometimes steep. And only the committed claim the prize. But standing at the finish with arms outstretched to greet us is the one who has endured the race 
and paid the final price. Dare to run with our eyes fixed on Jesus, following the footsteps of the one who's gone before us. Dare to run in the power of His Holy Spirit. Called to be victors in a race already won. Dare to run. We must have our Savior's vision, compassion for the lost, courage for the future, love at any cost. Dare to run with, your, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, following the footsteps on the one who's gone before us. Dare to run in the power of His Holy Spirit, called to be vic- victors in a race already run, already won. Dare to run. Let me ask you this morning, are you committed to finishing your race? Are you committed to finishing the race that God has put out before you? Have you determined in your heart to be faithful to the end? To whatever God calls you to, 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 to be about sharing the gospel and being a gospel messenger until our very last breath. See, that's the decision that only you can make. But God tells us that that those who are faithful to the end will be awarded the crown of righteousness. Determine in your heart today, whatever comes our way, that we will remain faithful and finish the race. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, <clears throat> we know that the times in this life are hard, and, and yes, there are times that we, that we want to give up. There are times that are, that are difficult. There are times that, that just doesn't make sense in our life. But God, we know that, that in the end, whatever you call us, whatever you bring our way is from you. And so, God, just let us do the extra things in our life, in our faith. That we practice the little things in the right way. So that when the trials of life come, we will be ready, we'll perform and carry out our faith the way that's pleasing to you. That we are totally committed to the kingdom of God. That our, that our attitude is one that is one with Christ. That we... Lord, we just finished a race. That we play the game of life to the end, playing by your rules, running the race that you've laid before us. And God, that we're unselfish. And that we know that our teammates, that our brothers and sisters in Christ, can count on us. Father, I pray today that you would indeed convict our hearts to finish the race, to be faithful to the end, keeping our eyes on Jesus every moment, every day, so that we can be the people you want us to be. And so at the end of the life, at the end of our life, we can say, I've run the race. I've finished. I've finished God the way you wanted me to. And it's okay. It is well with my soul. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.